Now, if I were to tell you we have a humdinger of a locked on NFL Thursday, I think it'd be an understatement. Alex Clancy, Tyler Rowland will preview Thursday night football between the Seahawks and Rams. Some moving pieces across the NFL. And what is the toughest division to come out of across the NFL as we've seen it through four weeks? Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. Let's roll. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, this is one of one of my most favorite days, one of my most favorite half an hours of the week. I get to see that big smiling face, Tyler Rowland at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. Check them out wherever you find your podcast, Locked on Tennessee Titans. I'm Alex Clancy with Locked on Arizona Cardinals. We appreciate you making Locked on NFL your first listen, listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That's free. We do have some live reads, but I'll tell you what, ain't no paywalls here with the Locked on NFL Pod, or locked on podcast network it's been the warm-up to the real thursday night football games through the first couple weeks tyler we have got an absolute murderer's row big time game to kick off week five we'll talk about that in a second stefan gilmore has got a new home the chicago bears have a new quarterback and what division is the toughest to come out of and it doesn't mean all the teams are going to be good and I think Tyler's going to allude to that with his choice, which is the toughest division in football to win. We're going to talk about all of that, all that and more on this Thursday edition of Locked on NFL. Let's get to it. Finally, we get an actual appetizer. We went through the amuse-bouche of the first four weeks of the crap box games we saw on Thursday, probably taking away week one because uh, it's the kickoff to the NFL season. Right. Seahawks, Rams. Okay, Tyler, I'm the NFC West guy. You give me your thoughts on what's proven to be a hell of a matchup come Thursday night. Well, I think it's going to be a fantastic football game no matter what. That's just what it's going to be. It's going to be entertaining. But I, I'm just really curious to see how, how the Seahawks continue to rebound from that comeback loss to the Titans. They were able to win last week against the 49ers. But I still feel like there are some questions about that offense. Chris Carson has been hurt. So, I'm not 100% sold that the Seahawks are a really good football team. I am pretty certain that the Rams are a really good football team. But as you know, they got smacked by the Cardinals this weekend. So it, it seems like two teams that have really, really high-end potential but have some major question marks as well. And for me, that, that'll be the most interesting part is seeing if these teams that are still a little, you know, figuring it out which team is going to kind of take that next step and go to that next level when, you know, we're going to talk about a division that's going to be tough to win or is still up for grabs in a way next. And I feel like this division is probably one of those divisions, even though the Cardinals are undefeated, I just feel like there are a lot of good football teams. So that in itself makes me excited for this matchup. Yeah, for sure. And Seattle's fascinating. I mean, you saw what they started as last year with Russell Wilson throwing the ball 75 times a game. They're winning I, games. The defense wasn't great. They'd have to put up a 40-burger to win. And then towards the tail end of the season, they start winning games after they, after they acquired Jamal Adams and Carlos Dunlap. Russell Wilson's usage goes way down. But this year, it seems like they're trying to show everybody that their team isn't as Russell Wilson goes, they go. 
But the interesting says, I just pulled up his game log, and I thought I was going to see something completely different. He completed 149 yards in the in week one or uh, last week, and they won. And in week one, he completed 18 of 23 passes for them to beat Indianapolis when the over usage was there. They're 0 and 2, and when they underutilized him compared to what they did to start last season, they're winning games. And the rush game hasn't been incredible. You know, you're going to get that with Chris Carson, even though he's hobbled every year because he's a hard running guy, catches the ball right, in the backfield just a lot. He runs. And with the Rams, what the hell are they going to look like? Sean McVay legitimately has never experienced this before, coming off right. a loss after playing the Arizona Cardinals. So you're going to tell a lot about these two teams. It's in Seattle. Matthew Stafford probably has never felt in his life as much heat as he does right now yep. being in Detroit because it's never really been of any sort of relevance except for their playoff game. What the hell is going to happen? Like, seriously, I have no idea. I'm not. I'm staying away from this game from Bet Online. I have no idea what's going to happen on on Thursday night. Well, speaking of Bet Online, the line on this right now, as we're recording, um, it, it is kind of interesting. And now, of course, it's it's going to disappear on me. But for for me, I think that the Rams have have the more high end potential in this game. Okay, right now it is Rams as a one point favorite. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to, it's basically pick them it's, is how it is. And I'm not going to go with the Rams as a pick them on the road like that. But I also think the Rams are the better team overall. So I guess the real question for me is what kind of team are the Rams going to be? Are they going to be the Rams that we all expected them to be that have a chance to get to the Super Bowl? Are they going to respawn from the butt kicking they got from the Cardinals, <laughs> turn things around and get a tough division win on the road, which will be important for them now that that's a division loss. They got to counter that with a division win. So my question is, are the Los Angeles Rams going to be the Super Bowl team that a lot of people thought that they were going to be? And are they going to be able to rebound on the road in a tough environment? And I'm sorry, but if the Tennessee Titans can win in Seattle on the road, then the Rams, with all the talent they have, sure better be able to. So I think you're right to point out the one named Sean McVay. This is a big week for McVay. They only scored, what was it, 13 points last week. They scored we 20, all... but 13 of consequence. Right. Yeah. 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 So. They score 20 points in a game against the Cardinals, who do have a good defense, but their secondary isn't full of absolute top 10 studs. You got, you know, Byron Murphy and Buda Baker, who are really good. So can Sean McVay, who was excited to get back to genius level, now that he's bringing in Matt Stafford, can Sean McVay and Matt Stafford rebound and, and prove that they're better than what they showed last week? Because right now, you got to be worried about that Super Bowl potential that a lot of people in the media were talking about going into the game. For sure. I mean, they look top heavy on defense. You have the yeah. two best players at the two at their two respective positions in football with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Yep. You lost John Johnson in the offseason because you can't pay Big everybody. Loss. You have right. your offense, but the run game isn't as good if you can't set up the past game, it seems like for them, it's the other way around. Yeah. Like yeah, Daryl Henderson's not a world beater. He's solid. Mm -hmm. Sony Michelle wouldn't have been traded from new England when they needed to run the ball this year with, right. You know, a rookie quarterback where he was the second or third string guy on that roster. You know, we're going to see what they're made of tonight. Yeah. We're going to see hey. what they're made of on the road in a bonkers environment, even though it's, it's Seattle. So I don't know where they are. With capacity, COVID-wise, I don't know if it's going to be at full capacity or not, but we're going to see Matthew Stafford, who really hasn't played in a whole lot of important games in his life, versus Russell Wilson, 
seems like all he does is playing important games. He nice. plays, he shows up. He's the antithesis of Kirk Cousins. He shows up when the lights are brightest and he and he puts on shows. They have pretty good receivers there and they have a pretty good defense. So we'll see what happens. Coming up next, two very interesting stories from yesterday that we're hitting today because it's Thursday. We only have one day a week to do this. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Tyler Rowland locked on Titans. We'll roll into that next. But first, rockauto.com. I need tail lamps for my car. I don't want to go to uh, a chain storefront because I don't know anything about cars. If you've listened to Locked on Cardinals, you've locked, looked at us here for the you know few weeks that we've been doing this together, you know that I know Jack. I got the sports gene. Some people think I do not have the car gene, but rockauto.com has got you covered. You can be in your basketball shorts. You go onto rockauto.com and say, paint, cool, color, awesome, sweet, door, two days later. So you don't have to go and see, hey, uh, sir or ma'am, where do I find this? Because I am a 38-year-old man. And I, have, I have no idea about my car or how to fix it. You save time. You save money with Rock Auto. You don't get upcharged like you would if you were going to a chain storefront. There are That's zero real. downsides to going to rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we got some big news, a couple of big news stories in the NFL on Wednesday. Definitely want to break both of those down. We got a new starting quarterback going forward in the Windy City and a former defensive player of the year has been traded. Let's start there with the Stephon Gilmore story. So early on Wednesday morning, we got word that the New England Patriots we're looking to trade Stephon Gilmore and and he was going to be on the move somewhere talking about how healthy or how healthy he is when he could return. He did start the season on the physically unable to perform list, which means he is out for the first 6 weeks of the year no matter what. But the tide changed in the uh, the lunchtime area when Stephon Gilmore was actually traded to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round pick. This makes the second cornerback in two weeks that the Panthers have traded for. Now, the, here's, here's the outline. We know that the Panthers are giving up a sixth-round pick, and we also know that there's a good chance that Stephon Gilmore will need a big-time contract from the Panthers to make this work. It turns out that the Panthers' general manager and Stephon Gilmore live on the same street. So that's a very interesting dynamic right there. But either way, Stephon Gilmore on the PUP list, he's going to be ready to play according to reports as of right now in week seven, but traded from the Patriots to the Panthers for a sixth round pick. Remember, Stephon Gilmore had an interception in the Super Bowl against the Rams for the Patriots. Defensive player of the year, I believe in 2018 or 2019. He is in his 30s, has had some injuries, but still a top-notch player. I guess the number one question for me is, do you think that this is a sign that the Patriots are maybe waving the white flag, or do you just think that the turmoil with Gilmore, which there are some rumors and some whispers that Gilmore went on the PUP just because he wanted a new contract and he wasn't willing to play until he got it. So the real question for me is, do you think, 
that the Patriots are waving the white flag on the year and trying to get anything they can out of their top veterans? Or do you think that this just is a situation where Gilmore and the Patriots' relationship was fractured and they had to make a move? No. This is Bill Belichick getting rid of somebody a year too early rather than a year too late. This is always what he's done. Classic. He 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 made a mistake doing it with Chandler Jones. Uh, get it, he got a second round pick for Chandler Jones. He would have liked to have that back. He did this in some capacity with Jamie Collins. Like there was talks about them trading Gronk, uh, and Dr- Gronk was going to retire. Like that whole thing. This is par for the course. And he may have waited a year too late to do this. But Stephon Gilmore sat out last. Did he sit out last year? I know Dante uh, I think Hightower he was did for I, a good part of the yeah, year. That's what it was. So. The interesting part about this, though, I think that was just Bill Belichick. I don't think this was anything other than that. When Stephon Gilmore came over there, you know you're not getting paid beyond one contract. He got a whole lot of money from them. He got right. 40 mil guaranteed. And the whole thing about how he's not getting paid a whole lot this year, it's because they front-loaded, they gave him extra money last year. Mm-hmm. He was getting all the same money, and you can make, you can twist it in the media as much as you want. He got paid a whole lot of money. He got 40 mil guaranteed. The interesting part about this, I saw this from Albert Breer yesterday. The And this is what his tweet said. One fun twist to the trade. If Stephon Gilmore plays well and leaves as an unrestricted free agent in March, Carolina will likely land a 2023 fifth-round compensatory pick. So either way, if he plays well and leaves, they move up around in the draft in Mm -hmm. 2023. And if not, which I think is going to happen, they're going to pay him. Because look at what Matt Rule's doing. Matt Rule is slowly but surely building a world-beating defense. And you know what a young world-beating defense needs? A guy just like Stephon Gilmore to kind of Mm -hmm. bring these young bucks through the ringers and the rigmarole of an NFL season. Like, this is a genius move for pennies on the dollar that you're going to get for 10 games or 11 games this year, barring health, and probably for the next year or two, in my opinion. I think it's a great move. Great move by Carolina. Yeah, I love what Carolina's doing. And when you think that they lost a guy like J.C. Horn, and now they're going to, next year, you know, obviously J.C. Horn's out for the season, but next year they're going to have two top 10 cornerbacks learning from Stephon Gilmore. C.J. Henderson, who they just traded for, J.C. Horn, and now Stephon Gilmore. I mean, you add that to Jeremy Chin, Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, I mean, Derek Brown. Get out of here. All of that talent on defense. Yeah, I... I other than just what the heck is going on that led the Patriots to make this trade. I think you hinted on a lot of good stuff there, and there's obviously some issues behind the scenes. But overall, probably the other biggest takeaway here is, you're right, what Carolina is building. I'm very excited to see Stephon Gilmore add to their defense in Week 7. I honestly think right now, as Carolina is moving, they just lost their first game. I think there is the chance that you know maybe that hot start for them was not as real and legitimate as maybe some were thinking and and seems, but a move like this helps keep the momentum high in the locker room, keeps the vibes high in the locker room, and like you said, it takes their defense to another level. If you get a healthy, and even if you get 80% of Stephon Gilmore, I still think you're getting one of the best cornerbacks in the league. This is a, a dynamite move overall for Carolina. The next topic, that we wanted to talk about here, though, was the quarterback change in Chicago, something that everyone has been waiting on, everyone has been suggesting, basically, since the pick was made. The Bears traded up, they got Justin Fields, the time started ticking, and now, with Andy Dalton out with injury and dealing with a knee injury, Justin Fields was announced on Wednesday by head coach Matt Nagy as the certified starter going forward the rest of the year. And I think what the most interesting thing here is the 180 turn 
from Matt Nagy. Wasn't it just last week that he was saying Andy Dalton's going to be the starter when he's healthy? I think he might even have said that earlier this week. And now all of a sudden, oh, nope, Justin Fields got to be the starter going forward. I think it's pretty funny the Bears get a uh, get a win and most likely ownership is like, hey, uh, Matt, if you want to keep your job, yeah. um, go ahead and, and play the rook. If we can win a game with the rookie, then we're going to play the rookie. So I feel like based on that 180 turn from Matt Nagy, I think this came from ownership. This came from up top. And quite honestly, it's the right move anyway. So uh, Matt Nagy, regardless of what happens with the Bears this year, barring some crazy run, he's fired. If ownership has to come down and tell you who to start, that means they don't trust your judgment. Matt Nagy, his, his job is done. He's not going to be the coach for the Bears after this season. But what I can say for football fans is, thank God, no more Andy Dalton. I know the Bears game was ugly two weeks ago. It was less ugly last week. But either way, Justin Fields is a much more exciting football player, not only for Bears fans, but for NFL fans. So uh, that's the biggest takeaway for me is Matt Nagy's 180. I think that proves that he's probably out of the job as soon as possible. See, I don't necessarily see it that way. I see this as an everybody wins situation. Okay, everybody wins. Andy Dalton, 10 mil guaranteed. Here's a clipboard. You could be Charlie Whitehurst for the year. Matt Nagy, you get a front of the line pass and get out of jail free card to another year because you can use Justin Fields as your experiment because now you know you have a vertical game. All they needed to see last week was Darnell Mooney screaming down the sidelines and Justin Fields hitting him in stride. So now you have. That's why I think you're wrong here. That's why. That's Well, let me get there. They're putting in Justin Fields now because they want that experiment now because they don't want to have to keep Matt Nagy next year. But what if they win? But what if they win? I mean, if they make a magical run to the playoffs, then then you've got to readjust. If they win seven games this year and five of them, what's their record right now? I don't even know what their record is right now. They're two and two right now. If If they win eight games, Matt Nagy's keeping his job. Because And the reason why I say that is because that means that he's molding a young quarterback. We're seeing this with with Cliff Kingsbury in in uh, in Arizona. I feel right. like even though even though Matt Nagy's been bad for longer than Cliff, Cliff has been incrementally getting better win loss record wise, and obviously this year, I feel like it'll extend his head coaching possibilities if they win eight games. Because now you have the okay. he's a rookie. Give me another year, and then what happens with bad teams is like the Bears. He'll get another year. They'll start two and four next year. Then they fire him. But I feel like he gets extent of this year and he will be the coach next year if this works. If this works in some capacity. Let's do this. Let's have some fun here. This is a long-term wager. But if the Bears win eight games, if they hit that eight-game mark, $20... Oh. Twenty dollars. Hey, let's do a six pack. Let's do let's do a twelve pack. Let's do whatever. A twelve pack of whatever beer the other person wants. I'll buy you a twelve pack. You buy me a twelve pack. If the Bears win eight games, I say Matt Nagy still is fired. You say Matt Nagy is not fired. Deal? Sure. Yeah. So this is only a yeah. So this is only this is a huge like really got to hit the spot where eight wins. Yeah. 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 So let's yeah, say yeah. over. Let's just say over under seven and a half. Okay. If he went over, so hold on. So what's the number for them for him to get for him to keep his job for you? Uh, I, my, my opinion is they would have to win uh ten games. 
Okay. To, to keep it because they need to make the playoffs. I think you win the you get in the playoffs at ten and seven, the last spot. Got it. So how about this? Nine wins. You take the over. He has to win to keep his job. I take the under, and we'll push it nine if it's nine. Okay. All right. That's a deal. Yeah. I'm in. I I think the Bears ownership group is doing this now because they don't want to have that experiment excuse. They want to see if Matt Nagy can do with Justin Fields now and decide if they need another guy. Great discussion there, though. Ended it on a banger. We are going to move into the final segment of this Locked On NFL Thursday podcast. We are going to talk about which division is the most up for grabs, is the most competitive, however you want to phrase it. We are going to talk about the divisions that will be the most competitive going forward throughout the season. But before we do that, do want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We talked about the line on the Thursday night football game. We even made a little personal wager here. If you're like me and Alex and you are in the mood to wager some cash, you got to do it at betonline.ag. It's the number one spot to bet on all the pro and college football action this fall. They have a brand new updated site with a new interface so they can show you even more odds, props, and contests. They have the best contests available online in the world. Head to their website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. And when you use the promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's literally free money when you sign up at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on. That's one word locked on from football to basketball to boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino game. Speaking of boxing, great boxing match this weekend. Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Can't wait for that. But if you're into that kind of stuff, take advantage of their amazing offers right now. Go to betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, final segment. We've been through a lot. We've been through a lot here. Tyler Rowland from journey. Locked on Titans. It's been a journey. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Follow him at Tic Tac Titans. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked on NFL YouTube channel. We're growing it more and more by the day. Thank you to everybody who listens. That goes without saying, but we do want to thank you for everybody who watches, listens, wherever you find your podcast. So we went through Thursday Night Football. Stephon Gilmore has a new home. Justin Fields has a new position with the Chicago Bears. And now... This is a fun segment. Uh, we talked about this in our DMs before we went. And I liked how you uh, worded that, Tyler. Which division in the NFL through four weeks is the most up for grabs? Now, this doesn't have to be all three teams are play or all four teams are potentially playoff teams. It doesn't mean that all four teams are terrible. But let's just kind of let's weed out the divisions that are pretty much spoken for at this point. The AFC East, that's the Bills' division to win, regardless, yeah. uh, you know, barring any sort of injury, okay? Yep. Um, the Titans, uh, the the AFC's, well, here, let's let's carry on. Um, the NFC I North. I think that's pretty, yeah, the NFC North, you Green probably Bay see Packers. the Packers well, there. You yeah. like the Bears. You like the Bears to make a run with Matt Nagy. You think they're I don't. I don't know. The I'm division. Eight wins. Uh, <laughs> I don't think eight wins are going to win the division. I mean, I think and then the Packers you look, are the clear favorite there, though. And then you can almost say, almost, that the NFC East is somewhat spoken for and it's not as clustered with how bad the Giants have looked and how bad the Eagles have looked, but it's still it's still way too early to determine yeah, what the hell I'm happens in that you, dumpster though. fire. I, I, I kind of I think the Cowboys 
do do run away with that one ultimately, yeah. So those three divisions, I would say, I feel pretty... Con- I mean, I would even add Tampa Bay. I know Carolina's been good, but as I kind of intimated earlier, I'm not so high on Carolina to think that they're going to challenge Tampa Bay for the division. So really, for my money, the Packers, the Bucks, the Cowboys, and the Bills... I- I see them as the division winners, and obviously things change in the NFL, but those were not on my list of potential options for uh, most competitive uh, division titles. Yeah, up what's grass. your number one? What's your number oh, one? Oh, God. My number one, and I know that uh, Titans faithful will not like this, but to me it's the AFC South. All the teams suck. All of those teams suck. I mean, right now the Titans had a great chance to really put a stranglehold on it. All they had to do was beat a team that's averaging six points a game. Ha! No, not going to happen. So the Titans suck. They're not uh, a real Super Bowl contender or anything like that. Um, they're going to you know, have a good chance to win the division, not only because they're 2-2 two and two and the Colts are 1-3, and three, but because they already beat the Colts head-to-head in a matchup. But the Titans go on the road and play the Colts on Halloween, and the Colts have a chance to get get-backs. They played Carson Wentz when he was out there with no ankles. So I think right now, just because all of the teams are so piss poor, it, it, the AFC South this year reminds me of the NFC Least last year, where it was like, all those teams were trying to give away the division. I think that's going to be the case in the AFC South. I would not be surprised if the division winner didn't go 8-9. and nine. And uh, because of that, because the Titans are, are so inconsistent and their offensive line is playing like garbage, because the Colts are only going to get better with all of their injuries, which I think will help you know stem the tide of the early season losses. Uh, Houston is 1-3, but who effing knows with the AFC South? To me, there's just as good of a chance that the Colts win the AFC South as there are that the Titans win the AFC South. So I think that is my answer just because all of the teams are hot dumpster fires. Cool. Way to bring some positivity to the show, especially about this team that you talk about. Um, so my, so uh, I'm not going to say the NFC West. I don't think the 49ers are that good. Um, sorry, I don't. Kyle Shanahan's a losing head coach. He's yeah. one of the best things that happened to the NFC West. I don't know why they get so much national notoriety. The, the, it's the always- media loves Kyle Shanahan. It, it's because of his dad, I think. Yeah. His dad has such good relationships in the media that that's trickled down to Kyle. He's had some good moments, no doubt. He's had some really good moments. They went to a Super Bowl just a couple years ago. I think yeah. it's one of those things where the media just likes him and his family, so they give him a pass. Yeah, he's the antithesis of Joe Buck, where Joe Buck is looked at as the ideal thing of nepotism when he's one of the best in the business because of his dad. I don't really understand that. Um, There's two that are tied for me, and I don't know which one to choose because the Steelers are terrible, but the Bengals, Ravens, and Browns, if you tell me who you think is going to win the division, nobody has any flipping idea who's going to win that damn division because it's up for the – it's up – it's always been, well, the Steelers will make it happen. The Steelers' defense, their run game, Ben Roethlisberger, that's void now. But I think my choice is it's the AFC West, baby, because the Chiefs are in last place through four weeks. It's only one game. I completely understand that. It's not so much about the Chiefs being two and two. It's about the Chargers really starting to emerge. It's about the, the Raiders, the Matt Rule effect that John Gruden started years a couple years ago, it's starting mm-hmm. really to come to fruition. If they can have running backs that right. stay healthy, who knows what could happen? Their defense looks pretty good. And the Broncos, they found their guy. We, I think we talked about this last week. They found their guy 
to be a perfect complement for the defense if Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater can stay healthy coming out of concussion protocol and Patrick right. Sertain can come back healthy. Their defense is probably pound for pound the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. They're the best secondary. Yeah. They've got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You've got a great defensive mindset over there. Who like that is going to be such an incestuous division that it's got to be the non-conference or the non-division games that really determines it. And anything mm-hmm. that happened with, with with non-division. So I'm thinking the AFC West is the most up for grabs through four weeks. Yeah, I, I I think that that that's spot on. And if I had to pick a number two, I would go with the AFC West. I know you talked about this, but I mean, if the Chiefs are in last place, that's the most contentious division to me. But I just want to say you were talking about the AFC North, man. How crazy is it? The Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, just crazy to see them up at the top of the division, see the Steelers down at the bottom of the division. As a guy who grew up in Ohio being surrounded by sad, depressed Bengals fans, uh, this place is on fire. It's kind of crazy. So uh, congratulations to all the Bengals fans out there. But I think those three divisions, the AFC North, the AFC West, the AFC South, oh, crazy, they're all in the AFC. But uh, that that's that's the three divisions that I would go with as well. So I think we covered all the big-time ones. For sure. I mean, what we do know through four weeks, more than anything, is the NFL is crazier than ever because we're starting to see changing of the guards. The older quarterbacks are really getting older, not named Tom Brady. We'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. We'll he doesn't with, get with all older. These, yeah, with, with these young bucks. You know, all of the quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. We'll see what happens with the rookies, Kyler Murray. You know, like it's it's going to be an insane year. And thank you to everybody who watches Locked On NFL Thursday. That's going to do it for us. Be sure to keep it locked for Locked On NFL Friday tomorrow. Thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL Scott Matt Williams. NFL scout, if I could talk, Matt Williamson can give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free. Again, free and available on all platforms. We'll talk to you next week.